Well, good evening. It's May 23rd, 2019. We're here at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue or the Deadhead and the Engineer. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at deadhead.engineer865. Uh, we're at the Bliss Corner at Troopers Library. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And uh, we have episode 15. Um, we have uh, Knoxville Youth Athletics as our sponsor tonight and Marty Sonnefeld, which we'll welcome in here shortly. Uh, but we got a, got a packed show and we're going to try to condense it into 45 minutes. That's usually our go-to. And so, uh, episode 15, this one actually is from Marty, um, Tennessee Jed, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from 523-1972. I know, Marty, you weren't born in, born in London, England. But you navigated your way here towards Knoxville, Tennessee from, uh, was it the Netherlands? That's correct. Yeah. So, 523.72, Europe 72 is epic as far as the Grateful Dead um, touring goes. Uh, obviously, I was not there in London, England at the Strand Lyceum. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But they played Tennessee Jed that night, and um, it just seems appropriate to have you here for the involvement that you've had for a long, 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 long time uh, in the community, and we'll get around to that eventually. Uh, but Tennessee Jed is dedicated to you tonight, uh, way back in 1972. We won't even talk about 1974, which is the last time that uh, the University of Tennessee men won a cross-country national championship. Um, but for now, uh, I guess between Ethan and I, what's on tap, buddy? I'm uh, back to Sierra Nevada. I'm drinking the Hazy Little Thing IPA. I'm drinking something that I don't normally drink often. It is the uh, Mill Creek Brewing Company Lil Darlin' Citrus-Infused Wheat Beer. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's not a bush, and... We'll see how the rest of the day goes. Uh, but it, it'll, I'm sure it's tasty once I take a sip. Um, I think uh, July 11th. We need to talk about July 11th. Yeah, so uh, we're bringing back the uh, all-comers open track meets uh, this summer that we've been doing for the last few years. Um, this year we've only been one. It costs $10 to enter. Um, and it's going to be Thursday, July 11th at West High School starting at 7 o'clock. There's gonna be 100 meters, a 400 meters, an 800 meters, a mile, and a 5K. And a shot put. And it, I don't think, I think the shot, shot put, put was taken out. Yeah, oh, I think the field man. events were taken out. But um, you can enter all those events or one of those, those events, it costs you $10. And uh, you can sign up um, online. We'll have the, the link um, on our Facebook page or you can come by the long run and sign up here. Is there gonna be a warm up from the store to the track or is it gonna be meet at the school? I think everything's at the school. Everything's at the school. Okay, well I know it well. Um, so, you know, we'll be there on July eleventh. That's a Thursday, obviously, Thursday night at the track. Or, you know, so uh, that should be fun. So no podcast that night, I guess. I, we've been we'll have to see. I don't know. There's been talk about doing the the show from the track, but we might have to move it to I guess, you know, July tenth and maybe have it on Wednesday. We can we'll do it from track. We've we've had inquiries about remote podcasts, and so we'll have to see. You know, I'm sure you're going to run a portion of that stuff. 
I may or may not run a portion of that stuff. The the, the jury's still out whether I'm on a comeback or not, but uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, starting blocks, lots to talk about, so we're going to try to get through it relatively quickly so that we can get to Marty. Uh, the recap of the Keys 100 relay, Knoxville owned. Recap is Knoxville pretty much dominated. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, we we won the men's open, uh, the women's open, and the co-ed. And the co-ed was second place overall, which means the two Knoxville teams came in first and second overall. So I'm not sure, obviously, you know, and I, I think we talked about it this morning, this relay has been going on for close to 10 years, so it's not I, like a actually, brand I new think, relay. I think this year was the 12th year. Actually. Okay. Um, but obviously, um, to go out there, I think... You know, we can we could pinpoint you know one of three teams, but I guess we'll you know we'll harp on the team that you were on. Five forty-three pace for a hundred milers or hundred miles, excuse me. Uh, it was five guys or six guys. Six guys. Six yeah. guys. Um, that's hauling. That's hauling ass, dude. It's 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 pretty fast. The record is actually five thirty-three pace, but back then they didn't have uh, required exchange zones, and so by the end they were supposedly they were exchanging like every quarter mile or 800 meters or something and we weren't allowed to do that so we were we were limited um and we also maybe you know held ourselves back a little bit early because we knew it was going to get hot but um i actually want to talk about the co-ed team which yeah sure go they for got, it they they were they were short-handed someone dropped out last minute they only had five people and uh they weren't able to find anyone so they they entered it with five people and they were in a they were in a, a close battle with another co-ed team the whole, entire way. Ended up winning by what three three or four minutes. That's what it looked like. I looked at the results yesterday, and uh, you know they they held their own the whole way, and they they ran strong. And on paper, um, I think they actually outperformed us based on how, how expectations. So yeah, great job to them. Well, obviously, uh, you know. I- um, based on the fact that um, you know you send three teams to you know to one relay and and we come back home with uh, a lot of conch shells. Yeah. I think that wasn't that what what y'all won. Eighteen conch eighteen shells. conch shells. That's a lot of conch shells. Um, at, I don't know if there's enough wall space in here to fit all those conch shells. Yeah, we were, try- we were trying to figure out where to put all the conch shells in here. I'm not sure we came up with a solution. Well, you got three bathrooms, you know, or two bathrooms and a couple of showers, so there could be could be conch everywhere, uh, perhaps. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, pretty excellent, though. It's you know, I think it obviously pretty interesting or pretty neat to have uh, three separate teams with a, a variety of different individuals. It wasn't anybody like jumping onto one team and jumping out of a van and picking up a leg here and there. So to have three wins from Knoxville, I think it obviously speaks volumes to what we got going on here now. And all I want to say is I survived. I made it, You did. I made it through the heat. Um, you weren't rushed I, to the hospital. And my, There's and, no IVs. And, and, my, days, and my days of... Uh, Hotboxing myself, <laughs> saunting myself in my car are over. So, uh, Mama Gilday would be happy. Mama Gilday, you're, I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Yeah, and I, you know, and obviously you've recovered well. You bounce well, bounce back well because you know we've run together the last two days, and so it's it's you know for a couple of days there, I you know I, I missed I missed my group in the morning, so it's good to have you guys back. 
Um, and we'll see, you know, if, if I'm uh, if I'm on that team next year. But you know, who knows? Um, NCAA regionals. We're not gonna we're not gonna cover tra- uh, high school track this week. We're gonna we'll probably touch on that next week. But uh, NCAA regionals are this weekend, uh, and for us, you know, the local folks that matter are down in Jacksonville. Um, uh, uh, and uh, so we got Lindsay Stallworth, who I coached at uh, West High School. She's running in the 5,000. Uh, Aaron Templeton, who was over at Hardin Valley, he's, he's doubling up. He's going to run the 5 and the 10. And then Zach Long around the corner there at UT is going to run the 5K. Um, so it should be interesting. The 10,000 goes tonight. 5,000 goes on Saturday night. Um, Lindsay looks to be an outsider looking in. Um, but... Hopefully she gives herself a bef- her her best effort. Obviously, you know Aaron looks to you know um, be a contender. Zach will probably be there. You know, yeah, if, I think, if it's kind of race. I think Templeton along should should be both of them should make it if if all goes well. Yeah, you would think so. I think it's going to be a closers race. Uh, you know, it's hot down in Florida, so you're not going to have anybody running close to their PR pace. So it depends on you know who's you know who's actually going to be able to close well. Yeah, I would imagine if it's like a 14-minute race, um, Zach will probably be able to put himself in a position to be able to close in 60 seconds or whatever it, whatever it takes. You know, Aaron's proven himself to, you know, he, he's run a good one or two good 1,500 meters over the last couple of weeks, but um, obviously he's proven himself to be a better longer distance runner. And so... Um, Things go well for him tonight. You know he'll give himself an opportunity to qualify in the ten thousand, and then see if he can uh, come back in the five. Speaking of ten thousand meters, we'll, we will definitely talk to Marty Sonnefeld here a little. That was Marty. That if you if you didn't know, um, he was part of uh, UT sweep back in nineteen seventy seven, which is a fantastic year for the Grateful Dead. And so we'll talk about Mar- we'll talk with Marty about. Um, you know, that sweep with uh, him and Sal Vega and Coach Watts. Um, so we'll hope for the best for our local folks. You know, the 10K top, tw- uh, top 12 advance to the NCAA finals. And then with the 5K, because of the two heats, um, top five in each heat, and then the next two fastest times. Um, kind of close to home, Lauren Paquette uh, ran a fantastic race. Um, she ran uh, 15, 14, something or other. Yeah, I think that's 15, at Oxy. 14. Uh, I talked to someone close to, uh, <laughs> close to her, uh, Dr. Max Pocket. It's her fastest season opener by five seconds. So she's, she's had a, you know, 15, 14, 15, 16, 14, somewhere there. Um, and so obviously Lauren looks to be fit and she, she used to live in town here a couple of years ago uh, so it's nice to see someone local that ventured on down to Memphis yeah we were just talking a couple couple weeks ago about how it's been a while since you know she's run a, a really fast time I think maybe three three years ago maybe she ran 15-15 something like that and she's had a rough I think a uh, few years in terms of you know PRs and racing but it looks like it's coming coming together pretty well right in time for uh, uh, maybe a, Olymp- a shot at the Olympics uh, in 2020. We'll see. Well, definitely a shot at the qualifier for sure. You know, um, someone close to Marty here, uh, Matthew, 
uh, I guess, help set up. You know, I talked to Max the other day, and she was kind of waitlisted um, for the Diamond League in Stockholm, and that fell through. But uh, it's good to know people, uh, whether they're in low places or high places. But Matthew was able to help kind of set up June 13th, the Adrian Martinez meet. Uh, that, where's that going to happen, Marty? It could be at Boston. There's actually a, a local high school track there that, that they, they run as a benefit for the Adrian Martinez Classic. It's a great small boutique meet and uh, attracts a lot of quality athletes. Well, it sounds like you know the pace is going to be set pretty hot, so I talked to Max. It's going to be like 9.05, so obviously a little bit quicker than what Lauren ran at uh, at Oxy. So... You know, obviously, if she can get close to that fifteen ten or sub fifteen fifteen ten mark, then she'll put herself, you know, right there. Fifteen ten is the Olympic Olympic qualifier. Fifteen ten is the Olympic qualifier. So, you know, if she gives herself a good shot at that, then you know she could find herself on a world team here, you know, in a couple of weeks, so or a month's time. So, um, that should be interesting, and I think you know, it's cool to, you know, I know. Memphis isn't r- around the corner, but it's cool to have Lauren, you know, running. She continues to run well. Like, you know, she kind of skirts in and out. You know, it's like you see her run a, a really, really fast 5K and, uh, or excuse me, 3K indoors, you know, when she runs 850 or 848 at, at the Armory. And then, you know, she comes out and busts uh, uh, a nice 5,000 at the Oxy. And she seems to get overlooked sometimes, but uh, that's probably just. Maybe that's a Knoxville thing. We seem to get overlooked sometimes too, and uh, but you know when you go on winners win hashtag winners win, <laughs> so you can uh, mark those words uh, or at least mark that hashtag. Um, and so yeah, lots going on local, uh, so that's fun. Um, but it's nice to offer or to bring in. Our sponsor for the evening, Knoxville Youth Athletics. Find them at knoxvilleyouthathletics.org. Um, so Marty Sonnefeld has, has been a friend for a long, 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 long time. Um, and he's someone that's been uh, involved in the running community, like I said, for a long time. Um, way back in, like, I think it goes back to, like, 1984 based on, you know, the... The resume that was about 17 pages long so it took a lot of work to decipher through things um, but luckily for me Marty is a fellow Tennessee letterman um, and he's run he, he he's run with a lot of people that we still call friends to this day um, and so um, it's fun to have him here because I think you know it, it, it with how much you've done, and I don't want to say too much, but with how much you've done for the local community as far as youth athletics go, um, obviously it, it kind of speaks for itself. So it's good to have you here, Marty. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy being here. Enjoy being at the store. I think first and foremost, we got to talk about you know the pictures that you sent me on, uh, you know that we posted on Instagram. That UT sweep, that 10,000 meter sweep in 1977 with you, Sal Vega. Uh, I think Sal won, you were second, and then George Coach, was third. Yeah. George was third. So tell us a little bit about that. And it, it hasn't been, uh, 
As far as I can remember, I don't even think Arkansas has replicated something like that. So, no, and I was there back in the day, or at least back in my day. But it was kind of interesting. 1977 marked the first year that the SEC went metric. So before that, my freshman year, 1976, it was all imperial. So we ran three mile and six mile. We didn't even run metric races. So it was 1977 was the first year for the SEC adopting the metric system. So we ran our, our first 10,000 that day, and uh, it was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Very hot. In fact, uh, it was not, they didn't run the 10,000 the night before when the sun went down and it was cool. They ran it at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when it was 85 degrees. And uh, I don't even know what the humidity was. And it, I, there, obviously, with that many years separated between now and then, the, the race kind of gets fuzzy. But um, it's South, because of the heat and humidity, that's right. right? Well, it's, it's also a number of years as well. Oh, okay. But you know, we just worked together, the three of us, and, and it, we traded off laps, you know, pacing each other through each lap. Everybody took a lead. And of course, in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when you're running against Alabama athletes at that time, the other 10,000 participant was Steve Bolt, 357 oh, yeah. miler, um, and also Mark Ninau, who uh, later became the American record holder over 10,000 meters. Right, before Meb broke it. Yeah. Right, uh, ran 27.21, I think it was. Well, we just kept trading off the lead, and by three miles, everybody dropped off. And it we just that train just stayed together we kind of talked each other through a, a great race and came across the line um hands raised and of course the accu track at that time it wasn't finished links accu track separated us and uh gave us uh one two three and that was the first uh ten thousand one two three sweep for tennessee yeah so obviously the the pictures uh speak for themselves you know being a Tennessee guy through and through you know I remember hearing the stories about that especially from Sal Vig and of course Coach Watts Um, you know unfortunately when I was there we didn't have you know we had a we had a small group of 10,000 meter guys but we lacked that third uh, that third component and uh, I happen to be the faster one out out of the out of the two but uh, if Eric Bell would only have run committed to the 10,000, you know, maybe, maybe, but probably not because Alistair Craig and Daniel Lincoln would have, you know, housed us anyway. And so, uh, but, you know, back there in 1977, it, you know, it, it, I still enjoy, I, I don't hear those stories too often anymore, um, but it's nice to hear that, you know, that kind of, uh, that recollection from, from back then, um, and speaking of like historical stuff, obviously you've been involved in the running community uh, outside of just your time at UT, but pretty much since like 1984, you've been have you've had something to do with um, youth athletics in in the community. So can we speak a little bit about that? Well, even even predating 1984. In 1979, my teammate Patrick Davy and myself opened. He was a pretty good runner too. Yeah, he was third in the NCAA 10,000. Yeah, yeah, right. We opened the first running store in Knoxville called Fidipides. Uh, It was located in the Montview Center. Uh, So that was that. That was even before predated my 
involvement with youth athletics. So we actually put in the first running store in Knoxville, but also put in the put the first marathon on in the city of Knoxville. Within the city of started in the city of Knoxville and finished in the city of Knoxville in 1980. And that was the Fit Marathon that start and started and finished at Concord Telephone Exchange. I think we ran that run <laughs> like way out there at. Uh, um, What's that? In Farragut. In, in Farragut. Farragut. Yeah, Farragut. Yeah. Way, yeah, way out there. Um, and it, it actually... That must have been a hell of a good run. It actually got canceled um, midway through because we had 18 inches of snow that day <laughs> in Knoxville. And we had 18 finishers that refused to get off the course and finished the marathon at the Concord Excel Telephone Exchange. Our sponsor was Stroh's Beer. And That's an excellent beer, by the way. Every yeah. participant went home with a case of beer. Shit, I only met, I missed my calling by a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. I would have I could have won and left with a bunch of beer. That's right. So, but back to youth athletics. And in, in I guess 1985, I became a volunteer at uh, uh, at KTC for their youth program. Uh, volunteered as a, a, a site coach, and uh, the following year uh, was asked to take over a program that at the time was about 25 kids on the competitive team and about 125 in the developmental track and field program. And took that over from a former Webb high school coach, Warren Heiser. Um, was Brought my wife and myself into his uh, living room and said, hey, this is going to be a piece of cake. Not, <laughs> no big deal. You guys can handle this. This is simple. Gave me a binder that had AAU in the front of it, and we were on our way. <laughs> and here you are today. And yeah, so there's obviously been a lot that's happened since then. Um, you know, different transgressions and 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 AAU meets and NAI and excuse me NAI meets that have, that you posted at, at Victor Ash Park. High school meets, elementary school meets, middle school meets. There's been a ton that you've done for the community. That that little book that was given to me in 1985 turned out to what is today a youth athletics program that serves 10,000 kids in 43 events and nine instructional programs. Um, We created the first Tennessee State High School Indoor Track and Field Championships after a 30-year hiatus, created the um, Tennessee State Middle School Cross Country Championships, Tennessee State Elementary School Cross Country Championships. And uh, it's it just uh, we're we're busy all the time. Yeah, I have to say when I when I grew up uh, in Virginia, there was there was no uh, elementary school or middle school. The first time I had a chance to run cross country or track really was when I got to high school. So the, every time I hear about what the of the opportunities that the the Tennessee kids have here, um, I'm I'm pretty jealous. Because I would have had, and in eighth grade, we basically ran a time trial to get on the four by four team for one track meet that we had against another high, another uh, junior high school, and that was it. That was the only chance we ever had to race <laughs> until we got to to um, high school. And so the fact that you have you've got kids, you know, five, six, all the way up through through um, middle school running this program. To me, it, it's it's awesome to see all that going on. 
it's it's neat to see kids you know get involved in a sport obviously we don't we don't expect kids early on to stick with the sport if they get a taste of track and field and cross country or indoor track that we also do um, and that occupies a slot in their mind as a choice for sports okay we've done a good thing uh, because without it um, there that the slots the choices for them in terms of sports and what they get involved with uh, are first predicated towards the big three and then moving downwards to soccer and, and all the other sports so you know, our mission really is to create an awareness for the fact that track and field is a legitimate sport. Cross country is a legitimate sport. It's not training for someone else's sport. It is a legitimate sport unto itself. And that kids can, can do this for an awful long time. I mean, in our cross country program, which has 2,500 kids in 101 schools, um, our primary purpose is to teach kids a joy of running that running isn't punitive, that running is something that you can do for an awful long time. And, and you know, the people that, that bring, our, our coaches that bring that philosophy to the kids, I think you'll see with a lot of kids that have come through the program that they even, though they may not compete at a high level later on, they still stick with their running. And I still run to this day 46 years later. I don't know how to follow that up because um, I feel like you're preaching to the choir for one, and so um, I think. Did you run track in middle school or in elementary school? Uh, well, we didn't have middle school or it was junior high. Yeah, and I, yes, I did, um, and but it was like kind of it was pretty loose, you know. We had what was called CYO at the time, and like you ran like a 400 or something like that, and you went home and you know ate ice cream or something like that. And so, obviously, but that was a long time ago. It was you know 25 years ago. And so, you know, I feel like now the way that things are going, like you know, and people can argue and you know disagree, agree that you know things get too focused too soon and that's probably a whole other topic for all for another time um but i feel like you know the introduction to the sport um you know who knows 25 years ago if you know i, I had not been introduced to the sport because my dad was running running marathons if i had been you know in this position now hanging out with you whether it's unfortunate for me or for you and running with Ethan every morning. And so, uh, and you know, and having all the friends that I have and the, and, and you know, the people that I know. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, what do you think? You know, I'm asking you, Ethan, like, what do you think about, you know, wh where the sport's at right now? Uh, the, the youth sports well, in general, like, I mean, it starts at youth, and then, like, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll probably talk professional athletics, but, like, it starts somewhere, and then it... Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, obviously, the, the sport, the sport of running and track and field could, could, could grow, could be um, more, uh, could be a, a better, better presented to, to the public, but I think what these youth programs are doing, um, and what the high school, what you're doing at the high school level is all good because the more talent you get into 
the, you know, the early, it's a, it's, a, it's a pyramid. You know, the more, the more people you get on the base, um, the more people end up being the Galen Rupps who are going to end up, uh, you know, running and, and, and trying to run against the best in the world. But if no one, if no one realizes that running is like an end to itself, like Marty was saying, and not just a punishment for someone else's yeah, sport, right. um, then it's never, you're never going to get those guys out there, um, you know, running at the, at the top. So, you know, all this, all this stuff, I think the, I think the fact that you see the trends, um, where the, the, the youth running programs are growing and growing and growing is definitely great for, for the sport in the future. And, and I think to your point, Patrick, you know, multi-sport kids are going to wind up at, in the long run be, being better off. I, I thought, you know, we don't discourage our kids from participating in any other sport. I, I think if you take a look at track and field and cross country in general, we're probably better sharers of, of athletes uh, as coaches than other large sports or sharers back to track and field and cross country. Um, because I, I think it's track and field and cross country, it's a, it's a long-term development proposition, but singular focus on one sport at an early age is, is probably not where it should be at. Fair enough. You know, I, I mean, obviously, there's there's a whole lot of different directions we can go with that, dependent on age and yeah. obviously, you know, development and things like that. Long term approaches versus just like having a good time. You know, I think, uh, you know, getting kids started out obviously is something that you're passionate about. Obviously, I think it's June fourth. We have the you have the summer program starting up with Knoxville Youth Athletics. Let's speak a little bit about that. Yep, um, we actually have three programs that that start in June. Um, one is three. One wasn't enough. You needed three of them. I'm going to give you three. Okay. Okay. Um, two developmental, and that, that kind of distinguishes what we do at Knoxville Youth Athletics from a lot of people is that we we do have distinct differences in programs between competitive and developmental. Uh, we don't pretend to shove everybody into a, into a competitive format when they're not ready. So the developmental track and field program, which starts June 4th, is for kids ages 5 through 18. Uh, they will practice uh, Tuesday and Thursday evenings at about 21 different practice locations in about five different counties. And uh, every Saturday, those 21 sites will gather for a track meet. And okay. It's real fun, uh, low-key. We even have parents' events so that the kids can watch their parents get suitably embarrassed in the high <laughs> jump shot put or 100-meter dash. Where do the meets take place? Meets take place at local area um, high schools. Um, okay. The one that, that is out of area will be at William Blunt. Um, and, and those schools, in turn, uh, have an opportunity to uh, run concessions and raise money for their own track and field and cross-country programs, which is great. Um, that program runs the entire month of June. Uh, cost is $45 per child, which, is, uh, which covers all the meets, covers uh, a month's worth of practices. Uh, the other program that we have um, is our competitive track and field program, which is currently running. Um, and that um, takes athletes who have qualified for that team and gets them prepared for regional and national competition culminating in the AU National Championships in August. Uh, and the third program is our preseason cross-country program, yeah, which actually um, helps kids uh, form base mileage 
uh, for the upcoming cross-country season, whether that be elementary, middle, or high school. Um, and, and we used to have this combined with our competitive team, but over the years we've separated that for kids who want to focus more on getting prepared for cross-country than running a uh, you know, national caliber track meet in August. Right. Uh, you know, only one team locally won a state cross-country title this past fall, and I think you may have, may have, you might have been the first one to send me a text message congratulating me just since Matthew is a West graduate. Uh, so obviously there, there's a lot of good that can go into that, getting kids ready for the fall. Um, you know, there's a certain time, you know, shut down your track season, get ready for, you know, build up the mileage, as you said, uh, and get ready for, you know, 5K cross country as opposed to, you know, 800, 1600, and 3200 meters. So lots going on. Um, there's, there's probably so many, we could go off on so many tangents. Um, for better or for worse, we, we, we do have to like take bell laps on occasion. And I think, um, or at least always, there's always a bell lap. And so uh, this is a book that when I had mentioned it to Ethan, uh, it's now in the library. I haven't made that decision yet. <laughs> yeah. so I haven't decided whether to put it on the shelves or not. Um, we'll see. If, if someone comes in and asks for it, we, we may lend it out on a case-by-case basis. So it's kind of a prized book. Yeah. Uh, and Ethan can talk about the book since it's been a prized thing so, for him. So I'm I'm somewhat of a running book collector, and you know most we've had some some people have brought uh, donations in, and we we thank them very much for the the books that they brought in. Um, but I've been looking for this book for years, and you can find <laughs> it. You can find it online, and you can buy a used a well well used copy, and you're going to spend probably a couple hundred dollars for it. Yeah. Um, so the fact when when you mentioned that Bar- Marty was going to bring a buy buy my my eyes lit up and I got I got kind of excited because this is a book that I've never read I can't say anything about it actually um, but I've wanted to read it for a long time. Yeah. I think we can really you know Marty can go into a little bit about how he's made notations along. I mean I I had never heard of it so you know and we've we've kind of flubbed our way along uh, at least I have on books that I haven't read outside of the fact and I, and I sent a message to a, a good friend in New Zealand um, ob- the times speak for themselves obviously you know he, he you know so so the book we, we haven't actually said the name of the book yet yeah there you go uh, it's called A Clean Pair of Heels yeah it's Murray the Murray Hallberg's, Hallberg story with Garth Gilmore who was I guess a co-author with him I mean, he ran 357.5 in the one mile. He ran in uh, a world record in 1961 for 830 flat. Like, even today, if someone run, runs 830 flat, that's like, pretty wow, stout. that's pretty good. You yep. know? I mean, granted, guys run 8, 810, and, you know, but 830 is stout. 1310 for three miles, which I know that it's, you know, we don't look at that anymore. But 1335, which was obviously not a world record in 1961, the only one I have that I can beat, that I can say that I ran faster than Murray in, is the 10,000, and he ran 2849. So, but that was 1960, and I ran 2838 in 20-something or other. Also, back then, they probably didn't run the 10K that much. <laughs> they probably, probably did probably not. ran a lot more six-milers than So it's an days. excellent story. He won, gold, he won a gold medal in 1960. Marty has notations 
like all across the book. Uh, it, it was it's actually an inspirational book for me. I I I bought it prior to my freshman year in, at UT, and um, I, I, it, he he spoke to me. I mean, he he played rugby in New Zealand. Um, he was severely injured. His left arm severed a, a number of nerves nerves after a rugby tackle. And after that point, he decided to, to kind of focus on his running. Um, and he, he went about it in, in just a, a very determined fashion, kind of how I did when I started running. And um, he went from a, a fairly good runner to a world-class runner and a world record holder. Um, and... You know, we'll have to mention that all of those times were run, or majority of those were run on cinder tracks. Yeah, for sure. And to run those kind of times in the 60s, um, and, it, you know, when people think of the New Zealand runners, the flying Kiwis, you know, everybody thinks about most recent um, iterations of, of the, the flying Kiwis, you know, the Robertsons that are running real well currently. Um, Back to uh, Rod Dixon, Dick Quacks, and John Walker, who were famous in the 70s. But uh, Halberg shined brightly with uh, another gold medalist from New Zealand, Peter Snell. I'd never heard of him, though. Yeah, well, Peter, um, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was not a bad 800, 1500 yeah, runner back you know, in the Yes, you've jarred my memory. And uh, both, both Halberg and Snell were coached by Arthur Lydier, who was. Who? Arthur Lydier. Oh, okay. Arthur, Arthur. Do you have that book in the library? I actually have one of Lydier's books okay, in the library. Enough. We'll he, cover it. He was the forerunner for doing a lot of distance. And in fact, uh, uh, it was, uh, was it Bill Dillinger or it was it um, Bill Bowerman that went over to New Zealand and spoke with... Um, I think it was Dillinger, wasn't with, it? Yeah. Uh, with Lydier and and brought back the philosophy of higher mileage running to the United States. So it, it was a great book, and I, I kind of made notations my freshman year at UT, which was 1976, uh, about the times that I ran and the times that he ran at, at the same time. So all that stuff is, is still in the book, handwritten in there, and uh, more than happy to turn it over to you, Ethan. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, not not... I don't preside over the library, but I think, you know, based on, you know, being handed the book and just kind of flipping through the pages, uh, you don't see books like that too often anymore. You know, and I, I did my own little Google search and, and they're definitely hard to come by. Uh, and you're not going to have annotations uh, in the book, you know. I, I wish I would have kept my own notebooks from when I was at UT, like annotations with splits and different things like that, because they wouldn't be worth anything to anybody except for me. Um, but it's pretty cool to have the book there. Um, yeah, that, that that decision is yours whether that thing goes in the <laughs> library or not. Because if it were me, I'd you know put that in a shadow box and hang it on a wall because. Unfortunately, um, the, the walls are being covered with conch shells pretty soon. The conch so. shells, yeah. What, what happened to all those posters that I, you know, that we donated? But I don't. They're, we're still they're there. We're still, we're still looking out. at barren walls here. Um, <laughs> but there's there's probably so many different. There really is so many different avenues that we can go down with Marty. Um, you know, between youth athletics, obviously, 
you know, Matthew's doing a fantastic job. You know, I joked with, uh, you know, I go back to what I said earlier. Um, you know, it's it's fun to joke with uh, Max. You know, and I and I, Matthew and I text, you know, somewhat regularly that you know it's good to know the low guy on the totem pole. But uh, he's doing a fantastic job himself, and so as a coach at West High School, it's it's neat to see someone that, you know, not only you know, continued his career, you know, at NC State, uh, and, you know, was a pretty good runner himself, uh, but now he's ventured out kind of behind the scenes a little bit, and uh, he's had a lot to do with kind of organizing things and putting races together, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's someone we can talk to, Ethan, about, you know, contractual about stuff. contracts, yeah, you know? that'll be a good day. So He, he, does, he does a good bit of that. He's, he's, he's come a long way as a a track athlete and state champion at West, and and uh, he has wanted to remain in the sport, which I'm grateful for, having a son that wants to stay there uh, on the business side. And my youngest, Daniel, has uh, coached uh, middle school track and will coach in middle school cross country at Cedar Bluff. So it's neat to see them uh, have at least enjoyed the sport enough and want to, to want to stay with it. Well, I think, you know, I think the thing that is what gives real value to KYA is, you know, to, to stay into this, to stay in the sport, excuse me. I mean, um, you know, any, any, you know, any, any Joe jogger, as Ethan and I like to say, uh, or as... I think the term is hobby jogger. Now. Hobby jogger, excuse me. That's you know, one term. And, yeah. And <laughs> we like lessfriend.com. But, you know, staying in the sport, you know, is is relevant because, you know, anybody can go out and run a 5K. And, and not to take anything away from that, it's just a matter of um, people that want to be uh, devoted to what's going on. You know, and obviously you're someone that's been doing it for a long, long time. Um, and so, you know, we'll, I'm sure there's topics that we can cover here in the future because uh, you know there's a lot going on Um, and so you know it it, it should be it'll be fun because uh, you know as we wrap it up um, we'll have to see you know in a couple of weeks because what is it it's June 13th so we got like three weeks or whatever we'll have to see you know we'll probably have Lauren call in after you know for better or for worse how she runs at Adrian Martinez maybe we'll have Matthew call in so we'll have like a father and son duo you might not be the fastest father and son miler duo that there that there is you know between the centroids but maybe you can have like you know the most participation in youth athletics and number of years in the sport and number of years in the sport and we're, you know we'll find some kind of like thing that Matthew does um, but you know he's still he's he's one of two people in my family that are one expo. You know my wife is one expo and Matthew's one expo. I've never won I, expo. I've never won. It. I've won expo, <laughs> so, uh, but I'm not in the family, so uh, that's pretty interesting. So we definitely you know when he you know gets a break, which I'm sure he's not going to break get a excuse me get a break anytime soon, just because obviously his season heats up now with uh, you know the prof- on the professional side of things. Uh, so if he can maybe spare us, like, you know, just a couple of minutes, maybe he'll uh, grace us with his uh, phone call. Maybe he'll call him from Belgium or something. He'll call from Lou- Louvin. And so, uh, but, um, 
Marty was great to have you here tonight. Great to have you, Marty. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll see everybody next week. We got, I don't know who we have next week, but we'll let you know. We have. Who, who, uh, who do we got next week? Is it a surprise or are we not, not going to mention it? That's all right. Oh, okay. All right, we'll see you again next week. Red Bull. Red Bull.